Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this service. Thank you for the servicers that are here, the saints, the, the servants of God, those chosen, the priests, the prophets, the peculiar people, <laughs> the royal people, the royal God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I really, come on, somebody move up front here. I need, I need somebody to catch my spit. <coughs> Amen. Y'all can empty one of those, leave one up here. Brother Wade, you found David? Good. He, now he's found. Good, good. I don't know how to even start. I think we've already started. <laughs> anyway, we have a guest minister here, uh, Anthony Gianosa. Is that how you say it? I did okay? Anyway, he ministered to our teens uh, Friday night and also <laughs> ministered on the streets uh, with uh, Pastor Paul and Vanessa yesterday. And I think you'll be out there today. Yeah, I think uh, Paul and Vanessa, they... They just show up for work. You know, if, if it's raining, you still show up for work. They may send you home, but you still show up for work. And so whatever God has called you to do, just show up. Don't let the climate or the weather conditions, spiritually speaking, stop you from being and doing what God has called you to do. <clears throat> this message is going to be pretty... Amazing. How many of y'all were here Wednesday night? <clears throat> if you were not here Wednesday night, you really need to get the CD. You can go online and listen to it. Uh, I talk briefly, not briefly, in depth about how we handle relationships. And uh, we have a covenant relationship. And really, I'm thinking about putting that message or those scriptures in my bylaws. If you're going to come to church here, you need to abide by those scriptures. The Bible says if a man offends you, you go to him, not them and not Facebook. You go to him and, and you present the fault. You talk about what went wrong. And the Bible says if you, you know, if he hears you, you gain a friend. And uh, well, I did that and it didn't work. Well, we have a second step. If it didn't work, you get one or two one or more witnesses, and you go back again with those witnesses, those that can hear and listen to your side and, they side and their side, and if you win him over, you win a friend. But if he doesn't listen, I quit, I'm getting, nope, you don't do that. Then you bring that person or your problem to the church, and then the church leadership is in on this whole situation, and uh, I'm telling you, 95% of the time, it doesn't get that far. Usually it's fixed when the one goes to the one alone and they just talk it out and the enemy is exposed and everything is taken care of. So that, and I didn't title my message Wednesday Church Discipline because nobody would have come. <laughs> I called it Building Good Relationships. 
you know, everybody wants good relationships. And so over the last month, we really have been dealing with relationships. I don't know if you know that or realize that, because sometimes I can sneak up on you. And I'm putting things in you that, you know, if I put the title right, you'll come. And if I put a little sugar on it in the beginning, you'll stay. And then we'll hit it hard. And then you'll get a revelation and find out what your part is in this matter. And so, you know, uh, we're learning to trust the Lord. We're learning that he's not going to leave us or forsake us. He even had confidence in Peter when he knew Peter was about to do something stupid. How many of y'all know right before a big move of God, somebody gets in the flesh and probably is going to do something? We'll just deal with it because we want what God has for us, so we're not going to let somebody's mess up, stop us. So Jesus said, when you turn, not if, come and strengthen the brethren. So Peter was better off and all the brethren was better off. Then we talked about the day of Pentecost. You know, they were waiting in the upper room, and then Peter had this uh, inclination or this idea, we're not whole. We need to put somebody in place of Judas, the one that betrayed Jesus. So in the wait, they were putting things in order. So the Lord showed me there's a revival coming. I'm not going to miss it. And so I'm doing my part to put things in order that, that will be right and we won't miss this move of God that's coming. Is anybody in this? So our relationships need to be right amongst each other. That's why I gave that teaching Wednesday. You have to hear it. Yes. I'm telling you, it'll make us better. Yes. We're more together. We're better together. Yes. And so when I started thinking about relationships, I'm, I'm thinking about our relationship to the Word of God. But I also thought, started thinking about uh, your relationship with the devil. This morning, I'm going to teach you how to get in a bad relationship with the devil. You don't need a good relationship with the devil. <laughs> it needs to be a very bad relationship. But for some reason, not so much this church, but, but people are impressed with the enemy. And they give him so much credit and so much ground and so much authority and so much attention. It's just like, it's almost like they want a good relationship with the enemy. And so I'm going to make sure you have a bad relationship with the enemy. Well, don't talk bad about the devil. He's going to get mad. Well, just get mad. I'm going to stay glad. Let him get mad. Jesus said when he, when he said, it's finished. He didn't say he was finished, but he said, it is finished. And so the Lord's still living with me. Holy Spirit is still in me. And I'm going on and there ain't no devil in hell going to stop me. How about you? And I'm telling you, sometimes he comes as an angel of light and he tries to throw us off like fault with a brother and different things like that. But I know the enemy. The Bible tells us we should know our enemy. When we played football, we knew our enemy. We listened, we, we would watch the game Monday morning after we lost. And the coach would run everything slow. And you, you, couldn't, you couldn't say I didn't do it because he'd run it back, run it back. And so we would see how the team operated, our adversary, but we also had to sharpen up on the offense also on our part. And so you need to know your enemy. 
This message really came from talking to Clayton a little bit. How many of y'all know talk? Clayton can talk. <laughs> and, but when Clayton talks, he has some good things to say. And also, I kind of got hung up with Jake and Dawdaw. So, oh. And then another acquaintance that we have. And so this message just came out of all of that. And you can ask Susan. I struggled all day yesterday because I was going to follow up with the offense uh, message. And she said, you really need, you really, not, not everybody there was Wednesday. You need, you need to talk to everybody in church. They need to know about offense and all of that. So I'm just telling you, get the CD. <laughs> because the Lord wants me to preach this message. And uh, where did the message come from? Well, it came from Clayton. It came from Jake and it came from a couple of other people and so this is just how it is. And so the question I'm going to ask you but please don't answer it because you could embarrass yourself because it could be a it's not a preacher trick question but can a Christian have a demon living in him or attached to him? First of all, let me clarify what a Christian is. How many of y'all know he first loved us? Man, when I found out he loved me and the extent he went to, my heart was open to what he had for me. And then I realized he had an ability and provision to forgive me of my sin. And so a Christian, we can go in Romans 10 and we know that, you know, we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths. We believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead. And we confess with our mouth unto salvation. You know, that Jesus is Lord. And that's not just something we say. That's a revelation. Jesus is Lord. You know, in Christianity today, Jesus is Lord, a cross, a bumper sticker, you know, to relate to a church. It's, it's just, it's so watered down what a Christian really is. But I'm going to tell you what a Christian is. It's someone that found out that Jesus loved them first. And then they got the revelation of sins being forgiven and that Jesus paid the price and so the fruit of them finding out that Jesus loved them first was love. All of a sudden, love just comes out of you. It's, it's nature. It's the nature of Christ. You don't, even, you don't even have to try. It just comes out of you. So that's the fruit of a Christian, love. Love. Because when you first get saved, you don't know nothing. But you know love. You've been exposed to love. So that's the first fruit that you start giving everybody. You start loving people first now. You're not worried about how they're going to respond or what they're going to say. You're not even worried about rejection because you were love first. And now you, it's just your nature just to go love somebody and share Jesus. That's a Christian. And it's all based on what he did for us. So we got that straight. And so sometimes people say they're Christian or believe. I don't know. 
I'm just telling you. I got two people saved last week. I presented the gospel. I said, pray after me, and they were willing. And so the next step is to see the fruit. And as far as, far as I'm concerned, they were saved. They, I believe they believed in their heart. But the next step is expose this love to those that are not feeling the love of Christ. Y'all with me? Is that simple enough as a believer? Is this way it all starts? You're redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You didn't do nothing but believe. And that's pretty much the access to everything in heaven. You just believe. Have faith. That means trust the Lord. So, I don't know how to even do this. <laughs> so we become a part of Jesus at redemption. He becomes a part of us. We become a part of him. We have a new nature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. All are of God. The potential and the next step and the journey that God is putting us on, he's with us. He's in it. We're not alone. I'm going to read Ephesians 1, verse 22. And I'm going to just, as I start digging and exposing things, you'll kind of know where I'm going. Ephesians 1, 22. And he put all things under his feet. This is Jesus. How many of y'all know he has all authority? Everything is under his feet. And he gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church. So Jesus is in charge of the church. Jesus is the head of the church, which is his body. Now, we're not talking about a building. We're talking about people. We're talking about you and I. He's the head. He's the authority over us, the body. The fullness of him. The body is the fullness of him who fills all in all. Revelation 12, 10, we quote this all the time. I'm reading in the NLT. <clears throat> then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last salvation, power, and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth and one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him. They have defeated him. They have defeated him. They, the body, the church, they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. The devil does not any longer rule over the believer in any kind of way. Just get that in your spirit. That's so simple. It's so simply said, but the devil does not rule any longer over a believer. I'm going to say this. You can check it out. I've been reading the Bible. I've been reading the book of Acts, kind of skimmed through the Gospels before I I'm um, going to say what I'm about to say, but there's nowhere in the Bible that an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, or another believer is casting a demon out of a believer. There's nowhere in the Bible. 
It's no way in the Bible. It's no way in the Bible. That's the doctrine of demons. Y'all getting quiet. Either Christ has you or he doesn't. There's no way God is sharing his temple with the devil. There's no way the Lord, the Holy Ghost, is going to walk hand in hand with a demon. And so I hear it all the time. And when people pray for my people at the altar, I'm listening to everything they say. I'm listening. I don't care if it's one of my pastors or guest speaker. I'll walk straight up to them and almost get in their way to let them know I'm listening to what you're saying to that person. And I'm not here, but I've, I've listened to people try to cast devils out of Christians. Y'all, I, I'm really, I, I listen. Come out of him in the name of Jesus. And I tell you, over the years, I've had a few people do that to me. I mean, I've just come up for an altar call. I mean, I'm saved. I love Jesus. And some guy or some person comes up to me and tells the devil to get out of me. You know how I feel? I feel violated. I feel like a victim. It, it almost causes you to lose your confidence as an overcomer. And I don't want anybody in this church to be deceived. I don't want anybody to lose their confidence in this church that you are an overcomer. And if you're a born-again believer... And the Lord knows your heart. I, I mean, I know my people here. You're an overcomer. And I'm not going to let the devil roughshod you or no minister roughshod you and say something's in you that's not in you. Because oftentimes this, this whole thing is used, come out, because sometimes people don't know what to do with you. And other times, it will put you in a place of fear like you need somebody to get something out of you you can't get out of. I'm telling you, man, it's not like that. You're in Christ, and Christ is in you. And we've kind of touched on this a little bit, that people are always trying to cast spirits out of Christians, like that. I cast that unforgiveness spirit out of the Christian. Really? So there's an unforgiveness spirit in hell with a little sign going around says, I'm the unforgiveness spirit. Man, if we could cast an unforgiveness spirit out, we could get the whole world saved in one day. And that's not how it happens. It's not a magic wand just to get something out of somebody and then they're going to be totally okay. How about that lying spirit? Get that lying spirit. Get that lying. Well, you understand, I said this, I want to say it again. It's not a demon. It's an attitude that someone may have. They always lied. That's their nature. That's just some old thing that they always did, and they're kind of trapped in it. Y'all with me? So they do have a spirit of uh, lying because they lie all the time. But it's not a demon that you could just cast out and then they're done. Because if it was a demon lying spirit, you would never be held accountable for your lying because you were not in control. But I'm going to tell you this. There's no way that the enemy can control you involuntarily. 
You have to say yes to him in some kind of way. And, and I know if you're a Christian, you know, and if, if it's the devil, you say yes. If it's, you know, if it's, you, you're not going to say yes to the devil. I know that. I know you better than that. You're not going to say yes to the devil and no to God. And so there are trickeries. There, there is deception. He, he does come as an angel of light. You understand, he does, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. You have to contend in the faith. There is resistance. There is contrary. There is opposition. The enemy's all in all of that. But let me tell you this. Everything we do, we sign off on it. Everything, everything we sign off on, everything we sign off on, it's a choice. If the devil makes us do everything, we're not accountable for it. God's got our back. If the enemy is, if he makes us do it. Y'all ever heard the saying, the devil made me do it? He can't. He cannot make you do anything. You choose everything. You sign off on everything. Is this good so far? Now, let me tell you why I'm talking like this, because we have to be responsible. We have to be responsible for ourselves. We'll all stand before God, you know, and we'll give account for, I'm not going to give account for Candy. I'm not going to give account for Jay. I'm going to give account for myself. And I really, got, I really believe Jesus has got it set up that we can choose life. And sometimes we just don't. So the enemy, he can't make you do anything. Don't you feel a little refreshing in that? He, he can't make you do anything. Now, you can be deceived. Things, the challenges of life will come in a way like, where is God? Anybody ever been there? But it's still a choice every day, every minute, for us to choose life. Sue, is this going to be okay? Y'all know what the title of my message is? I just titled it this so I could find this message, because I'll probably have to preach it again. Doctrines of Demons. This is a doctrine of a demon to think that a demon can live inside a Christian. That's a doctrine of a demon. I, I did this whole message and then I realized that is actually a doctrine of a demon to believe that a demon can live inside of a human. You understand, he can't live in you. He works from the outside in. But, but as Christians, we think he's working from the inside. He cannot work from the inside. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. My Holy Ghost ain't sharing no room, no space with no dirty demon. Y'all understand that? Ain't no way. This ought to liberate you right here. And I know people that they, they feel condemned because somebody spoke over them. They have a demon as a Christian. And they don't, they just feel their confidence is ripped away and they feel victimized. You're not a victim. You're victorious Amen. in Christ. Y'all with me? I'm really going somewhere. The devil doesn't rule. We overcome by confession and repentance. We overcome everything by confession and repentance. That's, that's easy. But the enemy doesn't want you to make it easy. 
Repentance is powerful. That's how I got saved. That's how I was ripped out of the, the, uh, the, the kingdom of darkness, and I was put in another kingdom of light, marvelous light. And what that means, kingdom means rule. I was taken out of the rule of the enemy, and I was put under the rule of God. Now, I'm under the rule of God, but I still have to make choices in life. I'm going somewhere. How many of y'all know you have to repent when you mess up? Why do we do that? To get free. <laughs> oh, if we wouldn't get free, don't do it. I mean, my God, we're not going to repent if it doesn't actually do something. It gets us free. Who the Son has set free? We are free indeed. But, you know, we, we will say that, but still thinking that, like, the enemy has something on us. Your, your past can't hold you back. No event in your life can hold you back. You understand? There's no mistake that you made. There's nothing so terrible that you did can hold you back from the goodness of God. You just repent. This is a very sobering message. Resist the enemy. No, make no provision for the flesh. That's what we're going to talk about. How about this scripture we, we quote all the time? Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Notice he's not in you too, he's in the world. Greater is he. We will say that, but I don't know if we really believe in that. Greater is he's not in you. You're not of him in any way any longer. Come on, somebody. Does that mean anything to you? Romans 2.4. This is in the NLT. And I'm just talking about repentance because this is how simple it is. This is how quick we can get things right when we get off course or something. Don't you see, Romans 2, verse 4, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? He's such a gracious God. He's so loving. That right there should turn you from anything you're doing wrong. Notice Paul is not saying a Christian needs a demon cast out of him. You need to turn to God. You know what really has upset me over the years, and it just kind of hit me today, this morning. Throughout my life in church, there's been these deliverance ministries. And these people were always weird. But they had deliverance ministries in the church. So they were sent by God to get demons out of church people. You can laugh if you want. We cast out demons. These signs will follow those that believe. In my name, they shall cast out demons. So if a believer can have a demon and he's called to cast out demon, I'm telling you, this house is divided. It's not going to stand, but that's not the way it is. We have control over him 
and he has no control at all over you. You're superior to him in Christ. Old things have passed away. You're an ambassador of Christ. We stand in the stead. We have the name which represents the person. And the name represents the power of the person, the viewpoint of the person, the authority of the person. Are y'all getting this? Paul taught repentance. Paul never was casting demons out of Christians. We talked about it Wednesday night. There was a problem in the church, and they got to the fourth or the fifth step, that this guy was sleeping with his daddy's wife. He was a fornicator. And you know what Paul didn't do? He didn't cast the devil of fornication out of him. You ever hear people, come out, you fornicating spirit in the name of Jesus. No, they put him out of church. They disciplined him. They said, if you don't change, we're going to put you out and we're not going to fellowship with you. They turned him over to Satan that he'd come to his senses. Y'all still here? I'm going to read about Paul's own problem. And I hear people read these scriptures. Paul didn't stay here. But there was always a battle. There will always be a battle. Romans 7, 14. Y'all listen up. I'm telling you, don't you let anybody, if you're born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, love Jesus, you've been touched by the love of Jesus, and you share in the love of Jesus, don't let anybody come up to you and try to cast a demon out of you. When they do it, say, back at you. No, just say. <laughs> This is Paul, Romans 7, verse 14. So the trouble is not with the law. I mean, y'all know the law is good. The law was a tutor. It was a school teacher. For it's spiritual and good. The trouble is with me. So the trouble is not the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, I think we should still hang them in our courthouse. What's wrong with don't steal? What's wrong with don't murder? What's wrong with don't take your neighbor's wife? What's wrong with, you know, what's wrong? What, why would that hurt anything? Everybody say law good. good. But we broke, we all broke it. But Jesus fulfilled the law. We know that. Paul said, this is what Paul said. It's not the law. It's me. Okay, now we're going somewhere. So if it's the problem, if there's a problem, if there's a short circuit, in that you're not becoming what the Lord wants you to become, we can just all say, it's me. Don't shake your fist at God, it's not him, it's me. Paul said, the trouble is with me, for I am all too human. There's a human side to us, that's why we need grace. And God calls it amazing grace. I'm a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself. This is really good here. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I am doing, I am doing, what I am doing is wrong. This shows that I agree with the law that is good. When, when you know you're doing wrong, that's a good place. It, even admit it, even repent of it. 
But if I know that I'm doing wrong, this shows that I agree with the law that is good. It, it also says, you know, I want to get this right. There's something going on on the inside of us. Y'all listen to this. This shows that I agree with the law is good. So I am not the one doing the wrong. I'm not going to stop there because that, that gives you a free ride too. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. So it's the sin in our members. It's the sin in the carnal person or the, the old nature. So there is a problem, but it's not the devil. It's not God. And Paul said, it's not me, but you understand it is a part of him. It's his own lust, his own sinful passions. This is the fight that's going on inside of us. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Now, you just can't say, and you, you read this on Facebook all the time, we all sin. You know, we, we're all imperfect. You know, I'm a Christian. That means I can mess up a lot and God will always forgive me. That, that's all true, but my God, let's move up the scale. Don't keep doing the same thing. You know, I was talking to Carl in my office. Some people are just a little more educated than others, and I don't mean academically. Some people are just a little more educated than others. This has nothing to do how you did in school. This has nothing to do where you come from. But some people are just a little more educated than others. If you put your hand on a hot stove, what happens? You get burnt. And some people are a little more educated than others. They won't do it again. But there's other people still have the scars. Uh, who was it? Oh, Carl was telling me about a Japanese. Got any Japanese people in here? Smart people. He said this guy was so smart, but he couldn't get out the rain. You know what I mean? And so he was pointing at a cylinder or a tube of something that was hot, hot. And he kept pointing at Carl and said, hot, hot, hot. That's hot. That's hot. Then he grabbed it. How many of y'all know some are more educated than others? Some people just don't get it. Paul said, I want to do what's right, but I can't. You ever get in that place, you want to do the right thing, but this thing's just pulling on you? It's the flesh. Because the flesh, the nature of the flesh, the passions of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, it, it's, it's a fleeting pleasure for a moment. So the flesh sees profit in something and pleasure in something, and then it wants to go after it. The Bible says we're tempted and we're drawn away by our own lust and enticed. You read those scriptures about temptation. The enemy's not even mentioned. Now, he's a tempter. But if you read those scriptures in James 1.14, it, it's totally on us. The temptation comes and we're drawn away by our own lust. We sign off on it. We, we going for it. 
It don't matter. Nobody knows. Everybody does it. You understand? Y'all with me? Paul said, if I, but if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. How do you get rid of sin? You repent. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable, wretched person I am. Who will free me? Boy, this sounds bad, huh? It's like something got Paul he can't get out of. Oh, what a miserable, wretched person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and, th- and, and death? And listen to what he says in verse 20. God's beating his wife. Please. Knock on wood. It don't touch us. I mean, come on, let's get educated. Verse 25 sums it all up. You see the battle? He wants to do right, he can't do right. He does wrong, he wishes he wouldn't have done wrong. And his battle's going on, but verse 25 said, Thank God, the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Never gave the devil any credit. Nobody tried to cast the devil out of, G, out of Paul. Nobody tried to cast the spirit out of Paul. He had to get a revelation that sin working in the members of this body. But you have to sign off on it every time. We need to be, responsi- we need to be responsible with one another. That's what that whole message was Wednesday night. But we need to be responsible with the word of God. We have to be responsible with the word of God. There's no magical powers. It is complex. We will have to deal with things in this life until our bodies are glorified. I'm going to look a lot much better then than I look right now. But in the meantime, this thing is not going away. You can't cast it out. You can't cast your flesh out. You have to deal with it. You have to choose life. Everybody just wants it cast out. It's not going to happen. Now, prayer helps, you know. But, but when we pray for people, pray the grace of God. Pray wisdom. And don't waste your time trying to cast something out you can't cast out. I'm telling you, when everybody praying at the altar, I'm going to be right there listening to you now. Pray out that demon of sugar diabetes. So there's one little demon in hell. He got a sign. I'm sugar diabetes. And wherever I go, I'm putting sugar diabetes on people. Now, Paul did cast out spirits, the spirit of infirmity. But you understand, if you have a spirit of infirmity, that doesn't mean you're in sin. That doesn't mean you're not a Christian. There's attacks from the outside. But the enemy cannot fool with you on the inside unless you sign off on it. This is really good. We will have to deal with this. Paul said, I die daily. 
How do you die daily and stay alive? <laughs> you die to the flesh. You die to these lustful thoughts and these, these, these passions that we have and this, this carnal mentality wanting to do the wrong. You just die. Say, Lord, save me again right here. <laughs> Lord, help me. Lord, come to my rescue. Lord, I repent from even thinking like that. Greater are you that's in me than he that is in the world. Galatians 2.20, we quote it all the time. And I want to give you my version of it. Galatians 2.20, this is in the King James Version. Paul said, I, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Now that I is the old man. He said, I am crucified with Christ. That's the old man. He's done with. And then he says, nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ liveth in me. So the old man has been crucified with Christ, been already dealt with, and now the new man is living in Christ, and Christ is living in him, and now this new man has life, and the life which I now live in the flesh, see, you can't do away with the flesh. God needs something to work with. <laughs> he needs your members. He needs your soul. He needs your hands and your feet. But the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. In other words, the origin of our faith is from God and not ourselves. You know, some faith teachers, you know, it's almost like we have our own faith. No, you don't. That'll really get you in trouble. God gave you the measure that you got to get anything else you need. It all started with God, and it's not about us. It's about faith. When, you, when I say faith, I'm trying to get this in this church. When I say faith, I'm just saying trusting in God. That's, that's good. That's it. And then when people have to hear and 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 hear, they never heard. I mean, how many times do you need to hear that promise before you believe it? Just believe it. Every promise is yes and amen to those that believe in Christ Jesus. So just when God says it, just trust him. He'll bring his promises to pass. Never see yourself as a victim of the enemy. Never. Never. Don't even see yourself as vulnerable to the enemy. Now, you can make yourself vulnerable if you're deceived. You can make yourself vulnerable if you step out in an area that you know is sin. You, can, you legally give the enemy a place. The Bible says don't give him a place because he has no place. So we have to sign off for any intrusion or anything that he does or be hoodwinked or deceived in some kind of way. There's... The devil is not in control of you. You are in control of you. And then people say, God is sovereign. God's in control. No, he's not if you're out of control. God's got me. Not if you're out of control. <laughs> God's in control. What do you call that? That's a cop-out right there. I'm going to keep messing up, but God's going to take care of me. Really? 
Well, he loves you and he wants the best for you, but you're opening the door up for the enemy. Paul teaches us that we should be voluntarily open to being led by the Spirit. We should volunteer to be led by the Spirit. The more you yield to the Spirit, the more you starve your flesh. The more you yield to the Word of God, the more you starve your flesh. You understand? The more you give in to God, just say yes, the more, I'm telling you, you crucify that old nature. You mortify that old nature. That old nature has no power to get up and say nothing. The more you yield to the Spirit of the living God. We're going to read that, Romans 8, verse 11. Anybody getting anything out of this? But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and he does, if you're a born-again believer, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. In other words, there is a resurrection power available to every born-again believer. You are never powerless. You're always in the mode of an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh. You don't owe the flesh nothing. We're not debtors to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. You won't ever get the best of God. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Who wants to live? Yeah. I'm telling you, though, you have to yield to the Spirit. Y'all know people that fight God? A praise and worship will say, lift up your hands, and they go. <laughs> won't yield. You know, God will use people. Just won't yield. Just, just will not yield. Stand up. No, I don't want to stand up. <laughs> believe God. I don't know if I can believe God. Just will not yield to the Spirit. And God uses people. God uses ministers. He uses the ministry gifts that will, will say things that you have to act upon. Now, I ain't going to no altar. I don't need hands laid on me. <laughs> I don't have to give. Just will not yield to the Spirit. I don't need the Holy Ghost. Just will not yield to the Spirit. You know, those people are miserable, and it ain't working for them. If I were them, I'd try something else. Just yield. And I'm telling you, to yield sometimes, it hurts your flesh. Your flesh, I mean, it goes to squirming and whining and complaining. I remember when I first came in church, I didn't want to lift my hands. It just looked funny. They'd say, lift your hands. I ain't lifting my hands. <laughs> lift your hands. I can come to church without lifting my hands. Who do they think they are? It's like Simon says, you know, you got to do everything they say. Well, I knew at the time God was dealing with me. So I just stuck a hand up in the air. Felt like I put a shovel and it was hitting the roof up there. And I was still in myself, just still worried about people looking at me. Ain't nobody looking at you. You ain't that important. <laughs> we just won't yield to the Spirit. Just yield. Just humble yourself. Put your pride down. That's the flesh. 
I'm going to get back at them. That's the flesh. Vengeance is mine. That's definitely the flesh. Angry, bad responses, you know, just attacking people. That's the flesh. Just yield to the spirit. God will work with you. For as many that are led by the spirit, they're sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again. You know, everybody's always casting the spirit of fear out of people. You know, Paul told Timothy, you don't, God didn't give you a spirit of fear. It really doesn't mean that he was in fear, but it was an attitude and an outlook at things that I, I'm, I'm not feeling secure. I'm a, I, I'm, I'm a young pastor. So you understand that's not necessarily a spirit of fear. Let me break it down. This is what happens. We live in a world that's fallen. And over the years, we have believed wrong things. And believing wrong things will create wrong habits. And wrong habits will have you in a place is making, and making bad decisions. You can't cast that out. And then people can't just delete everything they did in the past. Y'all with me? And so how do we fix that? You get your mind renewed. I mean, wouldn't it be great if God could just like touch our right temple, boop, and then you'd forget all of your bad past? God don't want you to forget all your past. Because if you do, and I've watched people in this church forget what God did for them and forget where they were, and they become prideful, and then they get where God always wanted them to be, and they think they got themselves there. And now they don't need nobody. They don't need God. They don't need church. They don't need nothing. I got this thing. You forgot where you came from, you little ugly thing. Don't ever forget where you came from. If you do, I'll tell you where you came from because I'm your pastor. I know. I remember years ago, I walked up to somebody in this church and I started telling them about where they came from. They got mad at me because I exposed where they were. Oh, yeah, you don't need a testimony either, huh? You've always been Mr. Right. You've always been filled with the Holy Ghost. You've always been, oh, really? No, 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 we all had a past. And I'm telling you, if you can't talk about your past in you today, you might forget where you were and you might try to take your life in your own hands again and live your own way and not need God. I just said that to say that. Nobody heard it. I don't, I, don't, I, I know I am not supposed to be up here. There are a lot, of, lot more people more qualified than me to pastor this church. Probably articulate a lot better, probably a lot smarter, but God called me to this. And people ask me all the time, you call yourself a pastor? I said, no, I didn't. God called me to be a pastor. God calls you to be what he wants you to be. You can't call yourself. You'll really mess yourself up. You're under the king and the kingdom of God. And that word kingdom means rule. And you have one master. You have one master. You have one master. And he's, it's him living in you, 
No one else. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is always weak. Ephesians 5.18 And do not be drunk on wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. Be filled. That's a command. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. I won't be filled. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's a command. Receive it. I like to be mad. I don't want to be glad. <laughs> Yield to the Spirit. Yield to the Word of God. Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Everything that was on the cross that got crucified was put in the grave. All your mess, all your junk, all your faults, all your wrongdoing, all your sin, all your filthiness was crucified with Christ on the cross and it was buried. Amen. And when Christ got up, he didn't get up with our junk. There was no junk in, there was nothing in him when he got up. He was totally free from all of that. He took our sin and he buried it. And when we receive that by faith, we get up with him in his likeness and in his life. Verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Romans 6, 13, the NLT. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Does that mention the devil? Does anybody need to come cast something out of you for you to do that? You sign off on that. You make a choice to do that. It's you that have to do it. Now, God will give you grace. God's going to help you. We're partnershiping with him. He's not going to leave you alone, but you got to sign off on it. you got to say yes. See, this leaves the church responsible for their own lives. And nobody wants to be responsible. Let me say it like this. When we were in the world, we were not responsible with our own lives. Come on. I know some of us did a little better than others. Some of us didn't do real good with responsibility in the world at all. And so when we come into the kingdom of God, we still have this mentality that somebody needs to do it for me. It's not my fault. Somebody needs to change before I need to change. And this whole thing that was in the world, we bring it into the kingdom of God. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument to evil to serve sin. This is our decision. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. That's your choice too. For you were dead, but now you have life. Is that true? Well, give yourself all to God. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Did anybody cast a devil out of that person so they can be an instrument of righteousness? Not at all. It's a choice. Sin is no longer your master. You got to get that in your spirit. Sin doesn't rule any longer. 
for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Now listen, we are human. Who's in a human experience right now? <laughs> I don't care how magical it gets in here. I don't care how big the goosebumps get. I don't care how many times you fall on the floor and roll on the floor. You're still human. And those attacks will come. Those insults will come. The offenses will come. But you have to sign off on them. You have to decide, nope, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it according to the scriptures. So we still need to pray. See, if you got a demon and you waiting for somebody to get it out of you so you can be all right, you don't need to seek God. You don't need to pray. You don't need to fast. You don't need to study. You don't, you don't need to be nice because as soon as you get the demon out, you'll be nice. In the meantime, it's just who I am. 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, you can't have the flesh cast out. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The flesh wants to fight flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly or carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds. There it is. There's a demon. That's a demon right there. You got a stronghold. Cut out. Cut out. As soon as you mention stronghold in church, it's a demon. And somebody wants to cast it out. That's not what it is. I just told you what it was. It's a habit. It's a mindset. It's something you're thinking wrong and you've done it so often that now it's become a habit and now it's becoming a part of you. It's becoming a part of your life. It's becoming a part of your character. It's becoming a part of your makeup and you can't cast it out. You can't cast it out. So a stronghold is not a demon in this scripture. And most ministers, they'll stop right there and they'll call them up. Now, if you've got a stronghold, come up here right now. We're going to cast that demon out of you. You know what this, what this message really does? You know what it really does? You know what it did for me when I found out about this message? I need a pastor. I need leadership. I need ministry gifts in my life to help me. That's what it said, because I can't do this all by myself. I got to be taught some things. I need to be imparted some things. I need some revelation. I need somebody to break the scriptures down for me. Or I'll just believe anything that comes along. The Bible says, the Spirit says expressively in the latter days, people will give attention to, listen to, and heed to doctrines of devils, seducing spirits, and deceiving spirits. That's one right here, this message. It's a doctrine of devils. Aren't you glad you're hearing this? You don't have a devil. You may live like a devil, but you don't have a devil. Now we need to deal with that too. 2 Corinthians 10, 6. I'm going to read it. And then the next verse says, listen how you deal with a stronghold. You got to do something. No magical wands coming and the spirit's going to leave and you're just going to get it all right. You have to do something. The Bible says casting down arguments, casting down imaginations. It's what the enemy, fiery darts, he does do that. Your past, you keep thinking on your past, you don't forget your past, 
and you don't make your future and what God is doing in your life big and you keep reverting back, you understand? That, that's over with. That's been dealt with. That's only an argument against you and your today. And the Bible calls it an, an imagination. And the Bible says that we should cast down every argument and every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. These are opinions. It could be yours. It could be the world's opinion. But you can't go by that. You have to cast that down. Now listen, it's two things you have to do. You have to cast that down, but at the same time, you have to bring every thought into the captivity of the obedience of Christ. Y'all see, this is part of our Christian makeup. You know, you know, with this devil thing being in people, if people think that, then they're dependent on the ministry all the time and can't ever get away. It's bondage. It's, it's real bondage that you're codependent now on a ministry and you can never, ever make it on your own. I'm, I'm not saying get away from ministry. I'm not saying get, get rid of your pastor. God, be, God forbid you get rid of your pastor. But what I'm saying is, you know, in the beginning in our walk, Paul told people, follow me as I follow Christ, but they didn't follow him forever. They got things from him and things were imparted to him. They, he taught them things, but it came a time they came responsible and they had to write off everything they did. It was on them. The responsibility was now on them. Of course, Paul and the pastors and the ministry gifts are always there to help people, but we have to be responsible for our own lives. And that message Wednesday night made us all responsible. You can't just run away from something that's going bad. Because the next place you go to or the next person you go to or the next relationship you get in, you're going to bring all that garbage right there. And if you didn't hear the, mir the marriage, if you didn't hear the, the miracle message Wednesday, <laughs> is that when people come to you and they want to dump their trash in your trash can and they start talking about a person that they need to go to, you just put your lid on and say, you ain't dumping on me. You ain't dumping your trash on me. And so it's two-sided. Not only if you're offended, you need to go to that person, but if somebody comes to you talking bad about somebody in this church, you don't let them dump on you. This is what I always do when people come around. They say, you know what they said? I said, nope. I don't know what they said, and I don't know who they is. And I'll, said, I'll say, who is they? They said, well... I can't tell you. Really? You, you so offended with they, they got you so disrupted, and you can't tell me who they is? Because you know why they won't tell me who they is? Because as soon as they say they is like Kevin Ray, I'll say, come on, we're going to talk to Kevin Ray. Hey, Kevin, she called you they, and she said you did this. <laughs> and so now we're going to get it right. We're not going to play this little Christian game. You know, and people stay hurt, and they just move on, and then the next church adopts you. And the next church got to put up with what I put up with. And listen, I'm saying this because the church dealt with me in every step but get thrown out of church. And if had they not talked to me, stopped me, I'd have got thrown out of church. But they loved me. And they took me through the right processes that I could be who I am today. And don't you love me so much? Yes. Got one amen over here. And my wife. 
In the Bible, Paul, Paul, I'm going to end right here. Paul, this is what Paul said. He was begging the Corinthians. He said, please, 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 I beseech you in the mercies of God. Give yourself, your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable service. This is your responsibility. This is what you're supposed to do. Be transformed. You, be ye, you be transformed. You got something to do with it. Well, that pastor just preached me a good message and it's all going to be okay. No, 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 no. You be transformed. You have to receive the word. You have to hear the word and be a doer of the word. And Donna said it's so good. Where the enemy comes in is when you hear the word and then you get in the process of doing the word, he comes immediately. He doesn't want you in the process. He doesn't want you applying it. He doesn't want you growing. And so it's up to us. We have to sign off on everything. There are people in this room waiting for other people to change so they can have a good life. Nope. That ain't going to happen. You, 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 need to, you, you need to make a choice. You got to make a choice not to be offended. Well, I got the right to be offended. Really? It's going to poison you and kill you, and they're in vacation in Hawaii. Never thought about it. I watched a pastor for 10 years, had hard heart against a ministry. And I remember the day he got up in the pulpit and he said, we finally, we finally got an apology from that ministry. And it shows we were right. And he died, anyway, went through hell, waiting on an apology. Went through hell, all kinds of horrific things, just hurt, bruised, tattered, torn by a fence. And he could have let it go long ago, but he waited on that apology. If you're waiting on somebody to come tell you you're sorry and apologize to you and fall at your feet and tell you how much they love you and how great a Christian you are, if you're waiting on that, you're going to die young. It's not, it may not happen. You need to get your own heart right with God. As soon as you get your own heart right with God, something will begin to change. I know that. I'm getting close. <clears throat> I'm going to read this last scripture. And this is one we quote all the time. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Well, I got this little demon on the inside of me, so God can't be all for me because there's battles going on. No, God's for you in every way and not against you. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give you all things? We serve a how shall he not God. It's not a God that he might and he could, and I don't know if he's feeling good, he might, but I'm telling you, he's a God that how shall he not give you what you need? The Bible says, what shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? The devil condemns. If Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us, there may not be a lot of people praying for you, but Jesus is. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. As it is written, for your sakes we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am fully persuaded that neither death nor life nor angel, nor principality, nor power, nor demon, nor darkness, or any present thing to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is, listen to this, which is Christ Jesus, our Lord. He's Lord of all. He's Lord of all of you. John Day, just close your eyes right where you are. I pray this thing never gets on you that you'll never ever again feel like you are a victim of the devil and lose your confidence as an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. You have already overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. The blood of Jesus Christ was enough to set you free from every demon and every spirit that hell has to throw at you. You are delivered. You are a son and a daughter of God. Never ever to be possessed internally by darkness in any kind of way. In the name of Jesus. You will go on and you will go up. And you will go over. Because greater is he that is in you than the devil that lives outside of you forever. He had you under his control at one time. But he lost his grip. When the anointed one came that was anointed and gave his life and shed his blood for you and I, once that happened, he lost his grip on you. You are of the anointed of God. You are greased with the miraculous and the supernatural. And the enemy can never ever have you again. If a door is open, you have to sign off. If you decide to go the wrong way, it will be your choice. But as far as God sees you in Christ, you're so much like him. You're the righteousness of God created in Christ Jesus. You have no sin once you repent, once you put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. You become sinless. And now, no longer will fear be in you. Now the spirit of adoption is on you. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me say this, too. You know, there's something going around like, you know, nobody can touch you or something will get on you. That's a bunch of hogwash. I have people full of demons all the time touch me. There ain't nothing getting on me and ain't nothing getting in me. You understand there's more power in me that's in them. You will not be tarnished. 
that thing that says don't lay hands on people quickly, that means I shouldn't put somebody immature in a situation, in a church, and it goes wrong. If it goes wrong, then I share in what went wrong. That's what that means. But as far as somebody coming up to you and, and touching you and thinking the devil's going to get on you in a spirit, come on, man. You're bigger than that. See, that's a doctrine of devils right there. Thinking the devil can just touch you and you got to bow down to it. And then you don't feel good today because the devil touched you. You don't realize it. When you're walking in the glory of God, you're touching him yeah. and he's terrorized. He is not comfortable at all when you hear this type of message. You get free, man. You start flapping your wings because you know you're going to another level you've never been in before. And so don't let all that crazy stuff about it. And listen, when you walk in a place and you know, you, you feel, you feel. Be careful with that too, because you'll get what you feel. I feel the Holy Ghost. Yeah. I, I mean, people talk more about the devil than the Holy Ghost. The devil puts, well, the Holy Ghost can put something on you. But you won't let me lay hands on you, but you let some devil do it. And then they put something in you and you qualify like, whoa, that was big. But then you don't submit to the Holy Ghost side. Come on, somebody. I'm just talking now. We got to get our thinking right. I'm telling you, the enemy wants to play with the church's head. I'm telling you, I am not going to let people in this church be confused about the power of the enemy. He has none. The Bible says all power has been given to us to tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy. That is divine protection. He cannot touch you. He cannot cross the bloodline. He cannot touch you. And if you living right and you playing right, he cannot touch your kids. He cannot touch your finances. He can't touch nothing that you have. So how do you know if you don't have devils? Get saved. That's it. You ask any minister that, how, how, do, I, how do I know if, if, I, if I might have devils? Do you know if I have devils? They will take you through a list of a hundred different spirits and you'll have to renounce every spirit. Please help me, Jesus. When you get blood washed, when you repent of your sins and you come to Jesus Christ, forget all of this generational curse stuff. People love to major on that. It's broken. It's over. Yeah. Ain't no more generational curse. There ain't no curse, no generational curse. There's no sin curse. There's nothing you did can bind you or stop you from what God has for you. Yeah. Satan can't stop you himself. Release totally. And there's no demon can get in you to stop you because he can't get in you. There's no room. The Bible says, make room for the anointing, not the devil. I feel like this is liberating. You'll go to another level of confidence and certainty in that God's for you and not against you. Maybe you're here today and you're not sure you're saved. Now, let me tell you something. That world, the people out in the world, when I was the world, I had demons. The world, people in the world, they have demons. That's why we cast them out. But not the church, not 
Would Jesus have demons in his body? No. No place for it. I'm not going to belabor the point. But you got it. That person come lay hands on you and try to cast a demon out, you turn on them. Say, come out! In Jesus' name. We getting that we getting it right. We got a revival coming, man. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is here in a powerful, powerful way. But we gotta lay some foundations. We gotta we gotta be taught some things. We gotta get some things in our spirit. In Jesus' name. Anybody need to get saved? We're not gonna bow our heads. We're not gonna look down and close our eyes. If you if you're publicly ashamed of Jesus, don't be best thing that could ever happen to you. Just give your life to Jesus. If you're here and you want to receive him, you never receive Jesus. He's alive. I mean, this is not some dead God we're serving. Jesus got out of the grave. I don't know another person got out of the grave. I don't know another person that got out of the grave and then living in me. He ain't in the grave living in me. I just shut your mouth. It's not like that. I'm the righteousness of God. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. That's just a message I wanted you to get in your heart. We will see you uh, Wednesday night. If anybody needs special prayer, specific prayer, I, I, I really encourage you to get under the ministry that you can be taught right, that you don't believe these erroneous teachings that will steal life from you, keep you alienated from what God wants you to be in. Amen. Well, you are dismissed. Don't get wet.